0: Can you say that do you say the word Michigan can you say the word do you say it no come on no 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 come. no we're not allowed to do that come around here right? on. sometimes people that we're standing on third base think they hit a triple yeah. but they didn't. just we'll just say the state up north we'll say Ann Arbor we'll say the blue team and we are going to find a way to get from being a great program which we are just so everybody's crystal clear we're a great program I said I just want to be the best 11 on 11 on that play and play, one play at a time. It's about this team! okay? We have a better football team! Okay? All we gotta do is go out there and prove it! Let's go do it! Let's go. Men, be not afraid! Do not be afraid to be elected!
1: what's going on everybody welcome to the big 10 takeover podcast presented by the takeover sports network a grassroots digital media organization that is brand new uh i'm, I'm donovan white i'm joined by co-host monty ball monty how's it going man super excited to be doing this what's up man what is going on i'm, I'm doing well man I,
0: i'm i'm excited about this jacked i love the way that. Uh, again we talked about it excited you know i'm big 10 guy huge big 10 guy played at wisconsin mm-hmm. um wisconsin's you know. Best best team in the Big Ten. Best conference, obviously, in all Power Five uh, conferences. But I'm good, man. Doing well. Excited to jump into this. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Listen, we, we've been talking about this a lot, like you mentioned. It's it's a super exciting journey that we're about to be on. Um, not for this show, but for the network in general. Um, before we get rolling into, into what we got, just introduce ourselves a little bit. Um, so for me, my name is Donovan White. Um, I'm born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, the heart of Big Ten country. So I'm an Ohio State fan, as you can see on my chest. Uh, but I got the chance to play at Miami University. No, not the one in Florida, um, the one in the MAC Conference, so Maction. Um, I played offensive line there for five years, so I got to see Division One football up close and personal and played in a few uh, Big Ten stadiums. and not, They didn't really go too well for our team sometimes, but you know what? It was a great experience. Um, and for Monty, those that don't know you, you want to give a little background uh, to, to your career and, and to yeah. why you love Big Ten football so much? Absolutely, yeah. My name is
0: Monty Ball, uh, former – running back for the Wisconsin Badgers and uh, Denver Broncos. But uh, here we're talking college football, baby, Wisconsin Badgers. um, Freshman year was in 09, had 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 some scholarships elsewhere. But once I took my official visit to Wisconsin, saw Camp Randall, night game against Ohio State, right? I mean, we're talking in the dead of December, Um, night game, uh you know it's just the lights cameras action as as someone at the age of 17 18 at the time that that was the stage that i wanted to play on right we all dream of playing on big stages camp randall can hold about 90k um and obviously we know who ohio state is um, what they're capable of so once i got the opportunity to see that up close and personal i was like this is a done deal for me signed the letter for intent became a badger and still grateful for that opportunity but i'm excited to talk about big 10 football all all across the board um Love the competitive nature in the conference. I love the smash mouth football, you know, run first, pass second is always something that I've been a fan of. So I'm excited to talk about some stuff here and uh, really get into it with you, man.
1: Yeah, and that—that's what Big Ten football is, right? It's Midwest. It's smash mouth. You know, run, run the ball. You know, oh big O lineman. That's why I said on Twitter, I said there's nothing more fitting than a, a Big Ten podcast than an O lineman and a running back. You know, kind of running it and hosting. It. There's not, there's nothing more fitting than that for Big Ten football. And you know, it's it, it it it's kind of fitting from what we saw last year a little bit with some teams kind of getting away from that NFL style, you know, air raid offense, and it, it get a little bit back to you know the 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 grind grind kind of football game, right? Georgia did that with a just stout defense. Michigan did that, you know, uh, not so much some of the other teams, you know, Bama and, and Ohio State, but two of the best teams in the country in the national championship winner did that. Um, so it's good to see that, you know, what I call Big Ten style football coming back.
0: Right. All right. I
1: mean, come on. I mean, it's
0: obviously I'm biased I'm a running back, right? But yeah. where I played at in Missouri, I'm from Missouri, and, and where I played at there at Winsville Timberland High School, right? Our uh, head coach, um, was a fan of smash-mouth football, you know, run first, big offensive linemen, having some, some gap schemes, right, pulling the guard to tackle, having some outside zone, right, to stretch the defense, set up the play action. That's stuff that I really, really thoroughly enjoyed growing up. Had the opportunity to play for a coach in high school who who loved the model. And so once I was coming out of high school, it's like, that's that's me. That's where I want to go. And that's why I just love Big Ten football, right? It's mano mono mano It's... We're going to take it to you, and we're going to beat you up, right, and then come third quarter, fourth quarter. You know, the plan, right, for the offensive scheme, right, the plan is your linebackers aren't going to really want to continue shedding those big offensive linemen, right, and then having to tackle the big running back right after that. That, that wear and tear, tear comes pretty quickly, you know, throughout a game for, for defenses coming across the Big Ten schools. So it's, it's a style of football that I think is, is needed, it's sustainable, and uh, it works.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't help with uh, other teams that aren't used to some of that Midwest cold that, that uh, comes their way, which is why I'm always, always vying for uh, some of those those teams down south or out in Texas or West Coast to uh, come play a game up in you know November, uh, you know up in Wisconsin or or, or Columbus wherever wherever it may be. But they seem to not want to do that. But enough about our Big Ten passion, you know, for now. Um, what this show is going to be about? Obviously, we're going to talk Big Ten football when the time comes. Season, we're going to break down each game week to week. Kind of the, where does the Big Ten stand in a national picture um, and a playoff picture? Really, when that time comes. But for the off season, where the Super Bowl's gone and passed, right? College football playoffs gone and passed. We got March Madness, which is great. But mm. sports is kind of in a dead period, right? The NFL draft, everyone you know loves. I mean, I'm a huge NFL guy. I'm a Washington Commanders fan. So if you see Josh Taylor running with the uh, NFL draft for the takeover sports. Network, you'll see him talking about that as well. But um, in the meantime, the offseason, we're going to review and preview each team um, throughout the Big Ten, no matter how great or how bad they did. Um, so, for all the way from the Michigans and Ohio States to the you know to the Illinois and the Northwesterns, right? We're we're going to do it. Um, and so, what we're going to get into with that. You know, just talking about, did they live up to expectations? Did they outplay those expectations? Um, Break down any hot news that comes by, um, like we're going to talk about today a little bit from some of the offseason with the Michigan Wolverines, um, Mm -hmm. and just give our predictions for the season as a whole and for the teams as a whole. Um, So for today, we're going to talk about the Michigan Wolverines, and it pains me to say the Michigan Wolverines, the champions of the Big Ten. Right. It is. (laughs) I, I didn't think that day was going to come this season. I was one of the pundits, right. That, that thought at the beginning of the season back in August, September, listen, I, I think a lot of people predicted them to be mediocre, right. Six and six, seven and five. It seemed as though they just couldn't get over the hump with beating their rivals, right. With, with, you know, just having viable success. And that was proved wrong. I thought they were going to be no joke, you know, Less than 500. I thought they'd be four and eight, five and seven. Not that they didn't have the talent per se to be better than 500. I just thought this is a time where it all cascades. I was wrong. Uh After week five, they beat Wisconsin handily 38-17. Kind of got the national attention a little bit, right? Kind of got people talking about, okay, Wolverines are here. They're here to play. They started off unranked. Then a few weeks later, at a close loss to Michigan State. But the playoff committee kept them alive. They kept them in the picture with their rankings. They kept them I think even after that loss in the top six, top seven. So it was like, okay, Michigan's not going anywhere. If they handle their business, they've got a chance. They go down a couple weeks weeks later, they finish off Penn State in what I consider was a great Big Ten football game. Great yeah. Big Ten football game. After that, set a showdown for the game, the game with Ohio State and Michigan in Ann Arbor. And listen, I'll tell you what, as an Ohio State fan, the line at first, it was real close. It was like a touchdown. didn't worry me. I thought it was just going to be free money. It was not uh, Michigan had a game plan to go against Ohio state. They dominated. Don't let Ohio state fans tell you. Otherwise they got dominated by Michigan. They, they got pressure on CJ Stroud all game. They gashed them in the run game. It, it was a mess. Um, after that game, it was like, okay, Michigan might not be, you know, kind of the elite of the elite, like Bama and, and Georgia right now, as, or as a program like Clemson um, or those other two, but they're here to play this season Yeah, and move on. They smashed the Iowa Hawkeyes in the Big Ten Championship, secured their first conference championship since 2004 under Lloyd Carr. Lloyd Carr. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, they, they got their first ever playoff berth. Um, and while it didn't end the way they wanted to, it was certainly a season to remember for the Wolverines. What was your take on, this se- on their season this year? Obviously, what, what does it mean for their program? What did it mean for Harbaugh? Um, those players, what you know, you've been in those big time situations for. What does it mean as a player in a program when you have a successful yeah. season like this? Absolutely. Well,
0: I share the same. I share literally the same you know, opinions and, and take that you just had right there, where um, because I'm a Miss, I, I, I'm a Wisconsin fan, of course, right? And so we obviously had that game circled, um, us fans watching our Badgers and stuff like that. Uh, that being uh, obviously Wisconsin versus Michigan, and early on, yeah, Michigan didn't seem like much. We always thought that Michigan is still trying to find their way, right? Still trying to kind of get their feet planted, um, you know, in the conference. But uh, for me, I think, and I think a lot of people forget this too, right? With Wisconsin, we had a young cat, young guy. At the at the time, he was 17, not even 18 years old yet, right? Didn't play, did not play that game. That being Braylon Allen, our running back mm-hmm. for, for the Badgers, didn't get the opportunity to play. Maybe he got a couple snaps, I'm not sure. Can't remember off the top of my head. But against Michigan, and I always wondered, Would the game have been different? Would it have been a different outcome? You know, don't know, of course. But that being said, I think it's huge for the program as a player, right, playing under hardball, getting the opportunity to obviously play your home games and in the big house and turning that program around. A complete 180, right? Complete Mm -hmm. 180 to dominating, literally dominating Ohio State blocking out all the outside noise for one, then dominating Ohio State, and then going off obviously to get the playoff berth, excuse me, beating Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, then going off to play in a playoff game, getting playoff berth is huge for the team, the players, and obviously the program, huge. And I think it's great obviously for the Big Ten as well. Um, for me, it's very surprising, I and mean, I know that we're going to get into these talks here soon, but after all that happened, right, it was very, very surprising for me to see all the talks that happened with Harbaugh mm-hmm. after the fact, right? I mean, you literally just turned this program around, right, since 2004, correct? Mm-hmm. Turn this program around. I mean, you're the guy. This team, right, we got some great players at Bingham Michigan returning. Uh, they did lose a good amount of players on defense, but this program is still on the rise. And so it was very shocking to me, being on the outside looking in, to see the talks that were happening with Harbaugh. And those talks were legit, right, of, of him actually leaving to the NFL. So that was that was really surprising to me because not only did you just turn this program around, you have the capabilities of, of, of doing it again mm-hmm. um, here in 2022. So uh, it's, it's good, obviously, to see him coming back. But, again, we'll get into those talks, but it was surprising to see that. But all in all, I think it's wonderful for the Big Ten and obviously for Michigan as well um, for what they did in 2022, given – the preseason rankings mm-hmm. prior to the season starting and so it's it, it's it's always it's, it's 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 a good thing really really good thing and I'm and I'm happy for them uh but you know being a badger fan I'm I'm, I'm a little a little salty obviously for the loss that happened. Yeah.
1: <laughs> being a buckeye fan it's still uh it's still tough to see some of the michigan Ooh. fans on twitter but you know listen we did the same thing you know for years on years when we yeah. And beat them up and down the road. I I, I think the the biggest testament to, to Michigan. You know, we talked a little about their style. You know, their run first team, right? Their offensive line won the Joe Moore Award, right? They have two guys, and David Ojabo and and uh, Aiden Hutchinson, that were the best defensive end duo in the country, right? I I mean, it was they were they're both future first round picks, right? It was surprising, not necessarily that they won despite not having, you know, an all-star talent quarterback like an Alabama does, right. like an Ohio State does, like a Clemson typically does, um, or some other teams that come by. Um, because Georgia do the same thing, right? Stetson Bennett is is a hell of a game manager, right? And I respect him because he was a walk-on just like myself. So I respect that even more. Yep. Um, and, you know, he he built his way up to become a scholarship player, right? Michigan, you know, they had a guy in Cade McNamara who is at his best in, in – is a game manager at his very best was a game manager. So it's, it's not even all of that. That surprised me the most that what surprised me the most was how much of a mental fortitude they had throughout this season, mm. despite the preseason rankings, despite the yep. dominance that they've had uh, that they haven't had against their rival in Ohio state, despite the trash talk by not even Ohio state fans, but there was, I, I think it was last summer or maybe the summer of 2020 where there's a report that, Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day kind of got into a little bit. And then afterwards, Ryan – on a phone call, and Ryan Day afterwards told his team, he said, you know, they better hope that, uh, you know, we pull our backup soon because we're going to hang 100 on them, right? And so <laughs> despite all that, they come in and they dominate Ohio State and they get yeah. this. So despite the ending to their season, I honestly don't think that Michigan fans, barring that – you always want to win the national championship. Get that, I get that. But taking that away, unless you're Alabama – or Georgia now, or Clemson, or Ohio State, um, at least in the current picture. That is the definition of a successful season, right? Winning the conference championship, dominating your rival, and getting to the playoffs, right? Having a Heisman finalist, right? Having uh, all this success for your program. It's the definition of success for all but three or four programs in the country at this point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, when, you, when you look at the bigger picture, right? Again, Harbaugh, having, having – the wherewithal, right? Just the knowledge to build this team and to go season after season of falling short, falling short, still coming back, and then building this team and going out and getting a playoff birth. That is an extremely successful season, extremely successful year. Um, being a Badgers fan, we're, we're still looking for our playoff birds, mm-hmm. right? We're still looking for us. We haven't won a big 10 championship game since my senior year, that being 2012. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're 10 years out from winning the conference. Um, so, so. We got a lot of work to do, but if I'm Michigan right now, I'm smiling ear to ear, rubbing it in Ohio State's faces all the time, fans' faces all the time, right? Because you won, you went on, and obviously you lost to Georgia, a really good Georgia team, but you still, you still had a remarkable season. And so for me, it's going to be interesting to see, right? It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this, with this quarterback play, this quarterback competition, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, McNamara is probably going to get the nod for starter, but McCarthy, right? McCarthy was a change of pace quarterback, right? They used him for that wildcat. He's good on his feet. He's a runner as well. Um, it's it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because again, McNamara, just like you stated, right, is is at his best a game manager. At his best. Manager. At his best, exactly. Um, so I really want to see how that matchup's going to go during spring ball right here, that competition. It's mm-hmm. always great for coaches to voice that right in the media this quarterback competition, right? This healthy competition is that that's what it should be. Right. Because everybody wants to be the starter, but having that healthy competition obviously brings out the best in somebody which is going to obviously better the team. And so for me, I'm, I'm, I'm really been keeping my eyes out on that to see what's going to happen with that position. Again, I'm assuming McNamara, hopefully I'm saying his name correctly, but it's right. going to get a nod, but McCarthy is somebody that, that is, is quite the dual
1: threat quarterback. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And so you kind of touched on it earlier. Despite all that success with Michigan, right, all they accomplish in the way they, they move their program forward. After the season with Michigan, I'll, I'll never forget the, the quote from James Franklin. I think it was, it was very telling of his, of his character, which I, I think, uh, at least coaching-wise, you know, I, I think he's a very – I think he's a very um, – what's the word? He's, he's a very, he knows what he, he knows, who he's coaching, right? He knows the program that he's in. Well, yes. And when James Franklin said after a game, and it might've been after a loss to Ohio state, I'm not too sure. He said, you know, he goes, don't get me wrong. We are a great program. We used to be a bad program. Then we became good. Now we became great. We have to figure out how to go from great to elite, mm-hmm. right? Michigan has always been one of those teams. That's like Texas. That's like Oklahoma. That's like USC, where they are a sleeping giant blue blood who for whatever reason in kind of modern day, you know, 2000s era football, um, hasn't been consistently dominant, right? Like a Alabama has, like a Florida has for a little while. I'm not saying Florida is a blue blood, but for a while they had an insane run like Ohio state has for so long. They are a sleeping giant. And the fact that Jim Harbaugh, you know, unlocked that door Mm. and, and, and awakened that sleeping giant, right? Because this season, it, uh, they awaken the sleeping giant it's in my opinion i'll give the example of ohio state when jim tressel was there they were, they won a national championship they're a great team there's something about jim Trestle, and he'll always be beloved by ohio state fans when he you know resigned due to the, the tattoo scandal with terrell Pryor and others that down year where they where they had luke fickle as the interim head coach and then urban meyer was hired right something with urban meyer unlocked the cage for ohio state as a blue blood not saying that they weren't great you know in the two thousands, but something about that. And I think that's what Jim Harbaugh did. So the off season drama, right? The testing the water, not even testing the waters. He was in the water, right? He he was was, in the water. He had a drink in his hand. Yes. He had a drink in his hand. You know, the the sun was coming up. He was ready to enjoy the day in the water in the NFL. And what seemed like a done deal for him to go to the Minnesota Vikings. And then out of nowhere, it's rescinded. Right. What I don't understand is, and it's not just that he's the head coach of Michigan. He played there. Right? He was a quarterback there. He loves that program. I don't get you testing the waters after that success because it's not like the program's just depleted after that. You're not losing. You're not losing a starting quarterback, but you're not losing. You're not having really much of a drop-off in quarterback, right? Not Again, we've talked about Cade McNamara. You're not losing a whole lot up front. You're losing pieces on defense, but I, I just don't get the move. I don't, I don't get causing that drama and that turmoil.
0: And neither do I. And that's, what I stated earlier, it's extremely confusing. Um, and my thing is this, all right? So, so with, so with the Badgers, when Brett Bielema, was, excuse me, Brett Bielema was there. Um, the reason Brett Bielema, right, left, um, right as we were going into the Rose Bowl, just decided just to leave and go to Arkansas, right? Rumors came out that. Brett Bielema was frustrated with the athletic director, Barry Alvarez, because Barry Alvarez and then they weren't paying the assistant coaches enough and mm. and yada, yada, yada. Right. So a lot of coaches started to pack their bags and leave, go to different conferences, go to the SEC, right. Where they got money. Now, fast forward here to Michigan, right. We, we saw all the chaos, the carousel chaos that was going on with their assistant coaches. I mean, what, I think six left, right. Mm-hmm. Six just disappeared. And, and so for me, as I sit here and think about Harbaugh situation, right, the big question mark, you just dominated, dominated your season. You played there, right? This is this is what you want. This is exactly what you want to come back and, and repeat it, right? When I think about that, I almost wonder, right, is it something with the AD, the assistant coaches? Is it money? Is it something that him he didn't want to be overshadowed, right? Because that was a lot of stuff, again, is – Different programs, it's not cut and dry. But I think about Brett Bielema's relationship with Barry Alvarez. He was getting a little frustrated, always being in a shadow. Every decision, had, obviously, had to go through the AD. But, again, as a head coach, you want to make your decisions. You want to choose your coaches. You want to, you know, this is my footprint that mm-hmm. I'm leaving. I wonder, right, if it's something similar like that with Harbaugh in the eighty. I don't know, it's just speculation, but again, it's just a huge question mark as to why you would want to leave after having a playoff berth, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and dominating, going eight and one in conference and, and, and twelve and two overall, and you lost to a darn good Georgia team, mm-hmm. on national champs. Right? And so that that's just what really baffling to me. I I don't understand it. But again, he's back. He's back and this team is uh this team's gonna be a problem, man. This team is going to be a problem.
1: Yeah. And I'll be honest, the only thing that I can I can think about because, you know, there were parting shots by, you know, their offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, when he left to go to Miami, which I'll be honest, I mean, the state of Miami program right now, going from O C at Michigan to O. C. at Miami, I don't I see that it's kind of a lateral move. I don't I, I didn't get that to start. Um, and so his parting shots of, you know, he wanted to go somewhere he was appreciated, actually appreciated or something along those lines. He sent a text to the players when he was out the door. I, I, I wondered if it was something with Harbaugh, but I honestly wondered, I, I think the news with the, the, there were lawsuits, um, with, you know, sexual assault and sexual harassment from decades ago, similar to what we saw with Michigan state, right. With, with the Larry Nasser thing. I almost wonder if Jim Harbaugh thought that was going to be worse than it was. And he said, I don't want to be a part of this at all because, not just for the school, but it dealt directly with the football program. And just subconsciously at this point, if you're the head coach of Michigan, you're Jim Harbaugh for one, You're, but you're the head coach of Michigan. I don't know if he thought, you know, kind of by default, he'd be associated with that. I have no idea. Right. Um, or maybe he just, you know, was like, ah, eh, okay, I'm done with the college game. You know, I, I, I had success in the NFL. I had success in college. Let's go back to the NFL now. It didn't work out for most college coaches, um, you know, going, going from college to the NFL, but you know, he came, Um, from NFL to college. So who knows, Um, you know, with, with the offensive coordinator, they stayed in house. Um, They're, they're hovering uh, their quarterbacks coach, Matt Weiss um, become co-OC with their O-line coach, uh, Sharon Moore. Uh, I kind of had that same system in college, my offensive line coach and my um, offensive quarterbacks coach. They were the co He's worked out real well. um, And it it helps when you're staying in house. Um, I'll be honest. I'm not sure they're going to have much of a more innovative offense coming up um, unless you, you know, like you mentioned, that the battle of if JJ McCarthy can be ready to go, he has mega, you know, star upside. He, he really does. You touched on it earlier. That might be the key piece for Michigan, in my opinion. And we'll, we'll talk about it a little more as we preview them. Um, and then lastly, the, the thing that as an Ohio State fan, it just made me laugh, right? Their defensive coordinator, Mike. Uh, McDonald went back to the Ravens to become. He was there as a linebackers coach uh, in previous years. Went there to be to become their defensive coordinator. So great step up for him. Uh, yep. They hired Jesse Minter from Vanderbilt, Minter. right? And and let me just give you a few statistics that is Ohio State eye. fan. That's a key hire right there. Yeah, let let me give you some stats <laughs> <laughs> that make as an Ohio State fan uh, of me make me smile. Right. So and, and again. I, I, I interacted with a fan on Twitter that, that, that made the point of, you know, you're going to Vanderbilt, right, where your players are – and again, no shot to Vanderbilt players. They're just not the top of the line in the SEC or in college football. So I get you're not working with much. But this is Michigan we're talking about. They are a blue blood program. Right. I would expect them to hire a coordinator, someone that even in the worst situations, right, it wouldn't reflect that on a ranking standpoint, right? If if there's 128 or 130 teams in FBS football, and you have the worst defensive players, I would expect a Michigan caliber coordinator to at least drag those rankings up to like 105, right? Maybe 100, right? I'm not expecting the world, you know, changing, but yes. here are the rankings: Vanderbilt 2021 defense, 118th in total defense, <laughs> 107th in rush defense, 114th in passing yards allowed, and 119th in scoring defense. I understand he worked with the worst of players, but right. man, Michigan, I don't, I don't get the hire. I really don't. Maybe wow. man, he was in the NFL. He has NFL coaching experience. I get it. But what's your take on that?
0: Uh, see again. I mean, I obviously, yeah, you can, we, we can, that is important information, right? You know, how were you ranked where you just came from, right? Came from Vanderbilt, different conference, obviously not the same caliber players as we have in the big 10 and especially at Michigan, um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Give him the benefit of the doubt that you're coming to a better program, a program that's on fire right now in a good way. Um, and obviously you have some key players um, there. You did lose also some key players as well. But for me, I like to hire a lot, mainly because when he was coaching for the Ravens, right? I think he spent, was it, was it, was it, was it, four years with the Ravens, yeah. I believe, uh, yep. right? Almost, if not almost identical, actually, it's a very similar defensive scheme, defensive scheme, right? And for me, I find that to be important because, Not only are you, you have the capabilities of doing that in the National Football League, that level, right? Bring that same uh, scheme, bring the Mm -hmm. same ideas, bring the same system, right, to the Big Ten. I'm very obviously biased, right, biased about the Big Ten. Big Ten, in my opinion, is better than SEC football. Um, For me, I think when we're talking about defensive schemes, right, Michigan's defensive scheme is top-notch. Bring that same scheme to Michigan – uh, fit right in actually with the same scheme they're already doing. And I find it to be a very key hire. I, I do. I like the hire of Mentor. I really do. I I, really like
1: I, <laughs> and, I, and I poke fun. Um I, I do think, and I'll be honest, I didn't watch Vanderbilt football play. Um And yeah. so sometimes rankings and however many yards you're growing up per game and just watching them, you know, or seeing the scoreboard at the end of the day doesn't tell you as much. It, if you, okay. it, it, I, again, I didn't watch him, but I don't know how hard his players play for maybe they loved him. Right. And it's just, you know, the, the, the worst case scenario, which, Obviously, it was um, for him at Vanderbilt. So, I mean, there's there's not much more you can say with that. It's I, I do I, do I think that he's going to come in and Michigan's going to have the worst defense in the country. No, absolutely not. No. They're too talented for that. They're too um, they're they're too sold into their scheme. They're too um, they're, they just they're too coordinated for all that. I mean, honestly, right. uh, even at their worst, even at their worst in, in the in the Lloyd Carr years towards the end or the Brady Hoke years towards the end, Michigan was never that bad of a team. That putrid. Um, but that, that's kind of where they stood in 2021 and kind of this off season with the drama and the chaos of that after such a golden year, um, any final thoughts about their season before we kind of preview them a little bit for 2022?
0: No, uh, uh, for me, I mean, again, the, the, the biggest takeaways for me, obviously from, from the preseason rankings to what they were actually capable of doing and quieting that outside noise to me, that's very impressive extremely impressive right because mm-hmm. we all know Michigan we, we we knew of Michigan right sleeping giant but for some reason they never woke up they finally woke up and I think they're firing on all cylinders right now uh, given with Harbaugh coming back so I'm going to keep my eyes really really glued to them this upcoming season um that's really about it I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get into their season though mm-hmm. preview of their season because they got they got some kind of a light schedule but there mm-hmm. are some very key games in some yep. e-games on the road.
1: Yep. And so uh, with with their season, obviously we talked a little bit about some of the departures they had. They lost both defensive ends and Hutchinson yeah. and Ojabo. You're not going to replace those guys like nothing happened, right? Those are two first-round picks. They lost their safety, Daxton Hill, who was probably – I mean, he's, he's one of the top safeties in the draft, and he's probably a lock to be a first-round pick as well. He's a beast, a beast. They lost one of their starting linebackers, Josh Ross, another safety um, opposite of Hill and, and Brad Dawkins, um, Hassan Haskins electric running back electric running back um they lost him and then uh, tackle Andrew Stuber who was at the um the uh, senior bowl down in uh, in Mobile right. Alabama. So they lost some departures but again they bring Black, bring back Blake Corum uh, Corum I might might have butchered his name a little bit. Yeah, Corum. Uh, they, their o-line stays you know mainly intact and even if even if they didn't uh, it Michigan is almost in my opinion like Wisconsin and Iowa when it comes to o-line. They mm-hmm even if you lose them, unless it's a really down year, they're going to plug and play because that's what they're Absolutely. going um, So they return them. As you mentioned, they return both quarterbacks. I saw that JJ McCarthy's kind of dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. Nothing major didn't get, you know, um, labrum or rotator cuff surgery, but uh, that is a position battle. And, and if Michigan fans or, or honestly, if anybody tries to say it's not, I don't know how much they watched the Michigan football because <laughs> while they had all this success, I there's I don't think there's much more of a definition of an open quarterback competition or should be at least than there is in Michigan with Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy. That's what I'm watching this year, especially.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, I told you, uh,
1: people, and I love how you said that too, right?
0: If, if you if you believe that, you know, I, I, let me just say this, right? I think because you got to be politically correct, right? It's going to be McNamara, right? It's most yes. likely probably going to be the starter, you know. Obviously, given if there's no injuries or no off the field issues that happen between now and obviously, in September. But in my opinion, McCarthy is right on his heels, right on his heels. And obviously, he can get the starting position prior to September if he has a spectacular spring, uh, comes back from break or whatever, crushes it in the summer, and, and who knows, has a great, uh, you know, camp leading into mm-hmm. the season. But uh, I'm very excited to see how that plays out because, just like you said, McNamara is, is at his best um, a game manager. He's a Scotty Tolzien, like at Wisconsin or, or – something like that, right? You have the ability to facilitate. Mm-hmm. There is somebody right behind you that can be that star, be that shine. And I think having a dual threat quarterback is extremely dangerous. So I'm going I'm to keep my eyes glued to McCarthy. Absolutely.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And, and even from an incoming standpoint, they have the number three recruiting class in the conference, yeah, number nine nationally uh, for, for 2022. So they're they're top 10, right? And, sometimes you know people only look at what what are they ranked in the conference well if you look at who's above them you know Ohio State's up there uh Penn State's up there both with multiple five-star and a bunch of four-star recruits but if uh, so people sometimes only look at okay where are you ranked in your conference oh they're number three they're number four well you know expand a little bit and see that they are top (laughs) 10 in the country right so even those departures and You know, that's not to say all freshmen come in ready to play, but there's always a handful, especially at these schools that just come in built, ready to go. And all they need is an off season with that college strength and conditioning program. All they need is an early enrolling, which a lot of those guys tend to do. Um, You're going to, you're probably going to have some guys that are ready to come in and and contribute. But
0: yeah. Speaking of that real quick before we jump in, I mean, just like you said, right. The plug and play. I mean, these guys got, they got Andrew. Uh, I can never say his first name, but I can just call him Anthony, right? The receiver, right? Against Michigan mm-hmm. State, this guy caught two passes for 155 yards. Mm-hmm. Who scores? Excuse me, for 155 yards, he can play. They're returning Ronnie Bell, right? Yep. tore his ACL. I think it was the first game. West It was uh, early on. Western Michigan. Yep. I think uh, we he can play, and he's coming back, right? That's just like you said, right? You get you get this rehab and this training that's getting bigger, faster, and stronger. Michigan's gonna be a problem in, in a good way, right? For the Big Ten, but they, man, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be hitting the ground running, especially with their early enrollees that they got coming in. Mm-hmm. Five star guy coming in, five star DB coming in, ready to go and the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean these these I get jealous. I get jealous. I get <laughs> jealous. <laughs> they get all the recruits, man. So it's gonna be exciting. But I'm let's go ahead and get into this schedule, man, because. I might have a different take than you on some of these matches.
1: Here's the thing is that – and even with these freshmen, you know, that may be ready to play but, or, you know, need a little more experience, Michigan's schedule, right? We'll just – we'll go through it. Uh, we'll go through it and then we'll react a little bit, right? Yeah. They play at home the first three games, three first games – by the way, they have four away games total. Um, so, eight home games, which is eight. nuts as it is. But they play home against Colorado State. When They play home against Hawaii. Win. they play home against UConn, that's their non conference schedule. Those three games, I don't care how bad those three teams are. That the recruit, the freshman recruiting class coming in that again is top 10 in the country and is extremely talented. If you want any of them to play, right? The new ways the NCAA does their redshirt rules, it wasn't the same when you and I played it back as freshmen. I think it was you play one snap, you're burning your (laughs) redshirt, you're done. Now you get four games. Now you get four, maybe five games. Yeah. Um, those three games are times for Michigan to explore with what they got. Um, after that, they play Maryland, who I was fairly high on last year with Talia Tongavailoa. Yeah, I think they have a lot of potential. Um, they play at Iowa, uh, which is always tough to play out there. Um, mm-hmm. Play at Indiana, who you know after a great year in 2020 with with kind of their true COVID year, um, regressed fairly hard uh, (laughs) last year and then they play home against Penn State again always tough home against Michigan State at Rutgers who you know I'll give Rutgers credit you know they're 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 at least becoming respectable at this point Nebraska who I don't know what it is I think Nebraska Scott Frost coming back says a lot but we'll we'll talk more about Nebraska later in the offseason Illinois and at Ohio State just you know kind of uh, just first take, what do you think about that schedule for Michigan?
0: Yeah, very light, very, very light. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, probably one of their easiest schedules mm-hmm. in a very, very long time. Um, so, honestly, off the top of my head, if, if if all goes well for them, right, everyone stays healthy, they should, they should, you know, it should be a cakewalk for them into the Big Ten Championship game. Maybe, right, maybe it, we don't know, but obviously I think the two toughest games, and I, I think we all can agree on this, right? The two tough toughest games are on the road, Ohio State and Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Two toughest games. I do believe, I, I really believe, right, that they'll have a shot at beating Ohio State again. I know you don't mm-hmm. want to but playing at Kinnick Stadium, obviously the horseshoe, right, that is extremely tough to play at, but there's something about Kinnick Stadium. It's tough. You cannot sleep on the Hawkeyes although they did lose Goodson right one of their best mm-hmm. players I still think that's going to be their toughest matchup it's going yep. to be the Hawkeyes um, I, I really believe it I really believe it. but off the top of my head they got a pretty easy schedule
1: I I totally agree with Iowa I mean the my my fourth year there in 2019 we played at Iowa um, yeah. and going into that away locker with with it's painted all pink, yeah. right? It, it, it was a night game, right? The atmosphere there was electric. I think they were wearing all-black uniforms cuz the stadium. It was a blackout. Um, and playing at Ohio State that same year. Uh, mm-hmm. Listen, playing in the horseshoe as an Ohio State fan was out of this world, and playing against those guys was out of this world. But the yeah. Iowa home games are tough, man. Those so fans cool. – it it's, it's like what I, we, we played at Army, and I and I was wondering, I'm like, man, how are they so excited for this? And I remembered, oh, well, the cadets, they don't really have much to do on the weekends, you know, in the middle of you know, kind of upstate New York. <laughs> and maybe it's the same thing in Iowa, right? There's not much to do in Iowa, uh, except go to Iowa's, you know, sports games out right there. Um, so yeah. I I totally agree with you. I think at Iowa is going to be a sneaky, tough game. Um, Iowa has their own problems on offense. Um, if If Michigan has their problems, Iowa kind of is, you know, the Michigan – uh, offense in terms of problems on steroids when it comes to quarterback play Um but that being said I I do disagree about the Ohio State game and, and I and I promise you all folks I'm going to try and put this Ohio State bias as much as I can uh, aside throughout this show but when it comes to what they did to Ohio State right the way they did it I don't think the Buckeyes are going to be forgiving right and even despite that kind of mentality that I think Ohio State's going to have going into that game, despite the fact that it's in Columbus and that the fans will remember it, um, the fact that C.J. Stroud is going to be there, the fact that Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be there, Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Henderson, um, I I don't – do I think it could be a good game? Yes. Um, And, again, this is probably the bias of me speaking. I don't think that Michigan, with their current layout – um, and what we think is going to be their kind of you know depth chart and, and who's going to play the most is going to have much of a shot against right I don't think it's going to be a forty point blowout, but I think yeah. it'll be a comfortable win. But the thing that changes that is JJ McCarthy. Honestly, I, I think JJ McCarthy or Michigan changes everything because you know Ohio State's got a new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. Who knows what their defense is going to look like? It was putrid last year, and if you have a quarterback that is a dual threat quarterback that has you know five star talent. Anything can happen. Um, uh, the only other game, honestly, you know, Maryland. I, I again, I think Talia Tungvaloa, um is a is a potential budding star. The other game that does worry me, and it, it's home from Michigan, which which helps a lot, is Nebraska. Honestly, there's something Ooh. about Nebraska. There's something about them that what, what was it? They they were the worst, the 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 best uh, three win team of all time. I think they were, they were three and nine, right? Which is not much to say, but. Every time Nebraska, I think they were combined. It was like like a, a single digit losses to the, the top ten teams that they top ten ranked teams that they played. Yeah. Something about them, I, I don't. And, and I think is a testament that Scott Frost comes back. So I, I don't think that's a game that Michigan can take lightly. Uh, mm. I don't. I think in college football you can't take any game lightly, of but course. for that especially, and Penn State's there. I I don't. That's what I was.
0: State, that was my choice for their toughest
1: home game. Yeah, uh, toughest home game for sure. Is, I, I think Penn State's hard. probably there. Yeah. It has to be expected. You know what I mean? Like Penn State is Penn State. Um, right. and, and they had, you know, they've had a couple of down years recently. But, you know, who who hasn't had some know, kind of momentum shifting season sometimes. But yeah. Penn State's the, probably the hardest home game. Nebraska's the other one that I think yeah. you really need to watch out for. Yeah, see, I know I'm, I know I'm in the minority
0: here with, with my with my take on – and I know it, I know it, my take on – you know, them beating Ohio State again this year. I just, mm-hmm. I just want it to be that rivalry. Um, you know, all the records go out the window, right? The, mm-hmm. everything that's on paper, right? You know, your, your D is better than our DN, or your running back's better than our running back, statistically speaking, right? All that goes out the window when it's, when it's, when it's, it's a significant amount of emotion backing the history of mm-hmm. Michigan versus Ohio State. Uh, obviously, right, again, being in the minority by being in Columbus, Michigan's gonna have to play probably their best all season mm-hmm. right um for that matchup to to make it a close game yeah um, so I know I'm in the minority but but I'm still I'm, I'm still gonna hang my hat on that I think Michigan's gonna walk out on top
1: mm-hmm. first bold take of the and maybe it's not so much a bold take right Michigan dominated. I, mean, <laughs> I mean you never know what happens with Ohio State maybe all the talent and right you know all the 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 preseason already you know it's March of 2022 we're still You know, six months away from, you know, opening day and already, you know, preseason Heisman doesn't really mean too much. Uh, But even with all that talent, maybe Ohio State, for whatever reason, falls off a rail. Maybe they can't get over the fact that they lost to Michigan. Maybe they can't Mm -hmm. get over the fact they lost to Oregon. Um, Maybe they lose to Notre Dame. You know, they open up with Notre Dame. Maybe that happens to them. Um, I see this Michigan team overall, again, their non-conference schedule is a cakewalk. It's an SEC-style schedule. The only thing that would make them more fitting for the SEC is to play the Citadel and uh, in, in week week eleven, but you know we're we're not that we don't stoop that low in the Big Ten. No. Uh, I see this Michigan team finishing. I'm not going to undercut them like I did last time. I see them finishing ten and two, and I see them losing at Ohio State. And I don't know who that second loss will be. I I think they end up beating Iowa. I think they'll lose possibly to Michigan State. Honestly, yeah, I honestly think they might lose to Michigan State. And I I don't even think that's their toughest home game. I really don't. I still think Penn State is their toughest home game. But some of this offseason drama and of the, you know, expectations are hard. You know this, right? Expectations when you have success as a player, as a team, are hard to follow up sometimes. Only the best of the best of the best can outperform or at least maintain those expectations. Michigan State, I know they beat them last year, but it's not – the difference is this. Michigan State beat them. Didn't affect Michigan season. Did mm-hmm. not affect them. They still made the playoffs. They still won the Big Ten. If if Michigan State would have beaten them, and that would have kept them out of the conference championship game or the playoffs, yeah. I think it's a totally different story. I think it's a totally different story. But that's my take. So I'll give it ten and two, You're second yeah. in the in the Big Ten East, uh, losing to Ohio State. What's your finals? You, so you think they're gonna be twelve and zero, run their way into the conference? conference no, 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 no. no. Think I, I, I did not say that. I think they're gonna have troubles with Penn State, dude. I really okay. don't yeah. think Penn
0: State. I think Penn State's gonna be a loss. I really do. And mm, let me look at the schedule. I think, I think, and Iowa, I think, I think, mm. I'm still with you, 10 and 2. I still think 10 and 2. Um, but I think those are going to be their two losses. I really do. I still am going to hang my hat on them getting Ohio State. I know I'm in the minority, but I think that Penn State game, I, whew, you just can't sleep on that team. Even though, again, they got a lot of, a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, Penn State still just finds a way sometimes, right? So I got Penn State with a loss uh,
1: for, for Michigan and, and Iowa. All I'll, I'll be honest. If, if the Big Ten uh, commissioner is Kevin Warren, uh, who yeah. not many Big Ten fans are a fan of, if he if he ever listens to, to, to uh, that prediction, he might be sweating a little bit because right. if a 10-2 team beats Ohio State in the last game of the season, that spells a little bit of trouble for the Big Ten in terms of playoff, assuming right. an Iowa or a Wisconsin or someone else doesn't have, you know, at, at max, if, if another Big Ten team has more than one loss, you're in serious jeopardy with Alabama, with Georgia, with, you know, with potentially USC. You have a lot of other teams that are up there, right, that would snatch that other playoffs. Because, honestly, the, the, the Big Ten champion and the SEC champion, they're always going to get in as long as they have one loss. No more than one loss. Right. Uh, it's, it's, you know, that's what happens when you're, you're the best conference, big 10, uh, and second best in the country in the sec. Um, but listen, if that happens, which I I don't think it's out of this picture, you know, I I really don't think it's out of this world to happen. Who knows? Um, any final, any final parting thoughts about Michigan, their season, you know, what's to come of them. Any final predictions? Um,
0: This was was awesome, man. I love, I love, I love, I love the takes. I love the, mm -hmm. we, we, we hit a lot right there. I think, um, you know my final, my final take on them would be, you know they they not only right are they they doing great things right for for their team, I think they, you know they got a lot of weight on their shoulders this year right representing the Big Ten you represented the Big Ten last year um, in the playoff berth so obviously right I'm rooting for my Badgers through thick and thin, but. I'm obviously rooting for the Wolverines too. If they they go out on top right and, and and get that playoff berth again. So for me, I want for them to repeat it. I want to see if this team is legit. I want if last year was a fluke. Hopefully it wasn't. I want to see them repeat it. Repeat it. Go Absolutely. on. your thing because I want to give some takes right now the badges, but we'll do that next time. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a beautiful season for our Badgers. <laughs> not not at all.
1: Well, um, let's set it now. Next show, second show, Big Ten takeover, we're going to cover Wisconsin. Yes. We're going to cover, going to cover your alma mater and go in-depth, see what they get. Uh, the Badgers,
0: as we all know, it's the quarterback position. You know, oh yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that next
1: time. Oh yes. Well Monty, It's great to have you. It's great. Great to have this finally going. I, I'm super excited. Uh, finally have an ally in big 10 football yeah. with this. It's great to see, but uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, you know, go follow us on the big at big 10 takeover pod, go follow us on Twitter. I'm at under uh, Donnie Mac 98 at Monty ball 28. Um, go follow us for all the update news. Go follow at takeover pods. Uh, we got a lot of big news coming. A lot of, a lot of exciting things happening, um, but until te- until next time, I'm Donovan White for Moneyball. See you next time.